Hey, it's Tony Messia with the Charlotte Ledger, and you're listening to the Charlotte Ledger podcast. You can find out more about the Charlotte Ledger and subscribe to one of our newsletters by going to thecharlotteledger.com. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. We're talking about the Charlotte Ledger's 40 Over 40 Awards, what they are, why we started them, and the thinking behind honoring people ages 40 and up who are making a big difference in the Charlotte area. Nominations for the awards start in January. They close in February. An impartial group of talented under 40 judges review the nominations, and we celebrate the winners in a fun and definitely not stuffy event in April. Find out more at ledger40over40.com. Your podcast hosts today are Tim Whitmire of CXN Advisory and Steve Dunn of Miles Mediation and Arbitration. They're interviewing me and Ledger Managing Editor, Christina Boland. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Charlotte Ledger Podcast. My name is Tim Whitmire. I'm Steve Dunn. We're coming up on year four of 40 over 40. And so to kind of kick that off, I did want to start out by asking you all about the origin of this program, which was, I have to say, from the time you first put it out there, almost immediately notorious in Charlotte, Tony. Notorious? Is that the right word? Yeah. Infamous? You're, 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 you're rewarding people who are over 40. Why, who would possibly be interested in that? Well, it was one of those things, Tim, where I started thinking about it and was, you know, there are a number of other awards out there that recognize people under the age of 40 and nothing against under people under the age of 40. I was under 40 for about 40 years. Those are wonderful times. <laughs> and, uh, you know, th those are great times. So, and some of us have people in our houses living with us who are under the age of 40. We do. And they're great. I love these people. I love the under 40s. Yeah. However, the over 40s. Where's the recognition? They're an accomplished bunch, Tony. Yes, some of them are. Some of them are, and Not they should be recognized. Them, but some for of them that. are, and they should be recognized. And some people don't really hit their stride until after forty. So, while we're while other award programs recognize people under forty for their achievements, great, love it. Let's recognize people over forty for their achievements. Absolutely, absolutely, and and. Steve, I know this kind of hits personally for you. I mean, as somebody who was once under 40 himself and working in a field that where people under 40 are often recognized, what, what was your experience with these award programs? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. You know, I probably wouldn't have gone there unprompted, but, but since you ask, it is a true statement that I, I, was, I was not named to any of the 40 under 40 lists. But I just took that as a sign that I hadn't accomplished much in life up to that point. And, and while we're on the subject, Tim, I haven't been named to the 40 over 40 list either. Listeners, I think you know what your job is next. Well, I think, you know, as we always say with the 40 over 40 awards, unlike the 40 under 40 awards where you age out of it, your eligibility for the 40 over 40 awards only expires when you do. That's, so, a, really, that's a helpful thought, Tony. Oh, thank you for that. I mean, I'm hopeful that you have many years of eligibility left, but I'm just saying, if you don't get it this year or the following year or the year after that, you always have that fourth year off in the distance. Have any of us ever won any of these awards? I have not. I, I can't say that I have either. So, no, no, no. My favorite thing about the 40 over 40 award has to be the logo. <laughs> yes. And the logo depicts, I'm, I'm not going to do it justice, but I, I think it's fair to say that it depicts the traveling over a hill. I'm curious how that came about. Since the origin of the awards, which I believe was in the fall of 2019, that I think 
that I first had that revelation that we needed to recognize 40 over 40s. Reached out to a few people, a graphic designer I knew by the name of Clayton Seeley. A lot of people know him on Twitter as CLT Development. I mentioned it to him. I said, here's sort of what I'm looking for. Here's the concept. He took it, ran with it. And yes, he has that logo of of the, you know, the over is is kind of like a, you know, like a like a hill. So you have the over the hill sort of reference, of course. And I, we love that logo. We put it on yeah. beer koozies. You know, we use it for the for the event, for the nominations. So it's, you know, it. I think it really resonates. Christina, how do you select the winners of the 40 Over 40 Awards? So we have a panel of diverse under 40 judges. We do a large outreach to try to get nominations. And then we have a panel who judges those nominations. That usually happens in the winter, sometime January, February. And we try to make sure that we account for different segments of Charlotte, right? So that it's not reflecting all nonprofit folks or people in the business space or healthcare education. We try to sort of make sure that it's stratified and that we're getting a good representation of different folks around Charlotte. And so they they take their roles extremely seriously, the judges. They there's a kind of a scientific method that they use. It's not just willy-nilly. They really do work on um trying to score and account for different factors and then th- that those become our winners. And I think it's also important to note we're not looking to recognize people that you already know. We're trying to identify people who you don't know, who you've never heard of, who are doing great things for the Charlotte community, but in roles that maybe you didn't even know existed. So we're trying to find people who are deeply committed to this community, to making it better, but not your big names. We have no interest in recognizing the, the well-known top executives or elected leaders, anything like that. So you're, you're, you're saying if I want to nominate Michael Jordan, the owner of the Hornets, for a 40 over 40 award, I'm, I might not get much traction with that? While we would love to have Michael Jordan at our awards ceremony, <laughs> Michael Jordan, I do not think would be named a 40 over 40 award winner. Okay. I think it's also important to note that Tony and I don't play any role in the judging. Very important. So, I mean, you know, we, a lot of times, we don't really even see the lists. So I think, you know, it's it's out of our hands. It's into the hands of these trusted judges. We don't have any sway over the results. Yeah, so the, these under 40 people who are doing the judging, I mean, do you just, th- you know, throw them out there or do you give them some guidelines for how they make their decisions? They have guidelines. You know, we, we say exactly how, how to score in a, a number of different categories from one to five. It's very mathematical, algorithmic, scientific. There's no artistry to it. As Christina said, we have nothing to do with it. We hardly see it. A lot of people are under the impression that I handpicked them or that Christina and I handpicked them or something like that. Couldn't be further from the truth. It's, it is scored by wise millennial and Gen Z judges. And you know, it's, it's those decisions that we go with. We do announce who our judges are. We introduce them to, the, to our readers. They blow me away every year. They're pretty amazing. I mean, there are pretty amazing folks that we pick as judges. So you can kind of see all their backgrounds. They come from very diverse backgrounds too. So, you know, in doing the judging, it's it's a good panel. So you've now had three years worth of 40 over 40 winners, right? Because this Going will be the fourth year, year of yes. the, the, the competition. What have you seen across that 120 people who have been recognized at this point? What are the, the kind of dominant threads there? It is pretty amazing. I mean, just to see the backgrounds of these folks doing all kinds of different things and in different in many different ways in the nonprofit sector in um, 
small businesses, in larger businesses, in education, healthcare, a, a wide range of of people who, and I think that one of the unifying threads is, you know, they saw an opening, they saw a need, and moved into that void and and did something around it. So whether it's helping low income children learn how to read, or seeing disparities in in healthcare and trying to address those, or you know, a, a music festival in Plaza Midwood, organizing you know the the Boom Festival, or I mean, there's just you go down the list and you look at the the biographies of these folks and you say, wow, that's that's really great, you know. And, and so it's really it's I think a lot of them see a need, have the drive to get something done about it, and you know, move in and just do it and don't ask for permission. They just they just go in there and and they start taking action. I think one of the things that inspires me is that a lot of people did these things later in life. Like we think about people who are doing startups or who are yeah, creating these new spaces as being like, you know, young up and comers. But really, it's a lot of people who took a lot of the lessons that they learned in their youth and they had the, the social connections, they had the knowledge, they had the education, they had the experience to go off and, and do these things that have changed our, our city for the better. So that is something that inspires me. When you talk to them, you a lot of times hear these stories of, you know, I was doing something completely different and realized I had, there, there was a need. I had some expertise. I knew the people that I needed to harness and get in the room, was able to make something, you know, help something get done. Those are the, those are the stories that inspire me. And I do think, just piggybacking off of that, that not to get too philosophical, but, you know, a lot of times as people get older, you know, you start to realize a little bit more of maybe what's important in life. Maybe you started off at a, you know, at a big firm and you were putting in a lot of time and you, you wanted to be on the fast track to corporate America. But, but then, you know, as you start building a family and as you start making connections in a community, you say, Hey, hold up. There's something more that needs to be done here. There's, there's a, there's a real opportunity to do something that isn't being done. And so maybe like Christina said, you sort of apply those lessons that you learned in your youth and you apply them in a new realm in a way that maybe you couldn't when you were younger. I love what both of you are saying. That's exactly the reason why we want to do a series of podcast interviews with with the 40 over 40 winners. Because I, you know, my personal experience with this is I had a lot of bright ideas when I was in my 20s and 30s that I did not have the capability to execute on. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that comes together, I think, once you're actually over 40 for a lot of us, where it's like, oh, I know the people and I have a little bit more wisdom about how to build a team or create something collaborative and and then it just takes off and I, I love the lessons that come out of that and I think that's part of the goal for what Steve and I want to do with with the interviews going forward is to sort of tap into some of that that knowledge that people have you're talking about a, a bunch of folks who are all leaders in some way whether it's an organization or that they've started or within an organization or within Charlotte itself I'm curious how it's been received uh, as a as a reader of the Charlotte Ledger, I just thought it was delightful as soon as I heard about it. I just thought that instantly, I just thought it was so Charlotte Ledger in that it was a little, it was a little cheeky. It was a little, it was a variation on a theme, which is a lot of what you all do. And, but at the same time, it filled niche that wasn't being filled by anyone else, which is a big part of what you all do. And it, and you do it in a rigorous way. It's not, one of these meaningless honors that you can just sort of buy for yourself like it's something that where you have a panel of motivated people who take their work seriously 
going through genuine nominations and making a determination. And I would venture a guess that as a result of that, the people who, unlike me, who have been chosen for this honor, probably feel as though it is a genuine honor. And I, I would I would suggest to you that it has, in a short amount of time, become a significant part of the conversation in Charlotte. And I wonder if that's your experience as well. I think so. You know, the origins were a little bit tongue in cheek. And, you know, we we said, I think initially, we're not doing a, a massive, boring sit down awards dinner with the, you know, the chicken and the rice and the, you know, the cheesecake that was made three days ago kind of thing. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I, I've just recently went to one of those and they're fine, but we were going to do something a little different. It was going to be... You do an 80s theme party, right? Well, that's what we wound up doing. We initially said, hey, maybe we'll get people together at the Ballantine Harris Teeter Bar and hand out beer koozies that say 40 over 40 on them. It was going to be sort of the anti-sit-down dinner. I will say people do take it seriously and we take it seriously too but it is very important to people you know these are a lot of people who are who are not used to getting recognized and they are very appreciative and and people are appreciative that we run the program and that we're doing it in a way that is not a self-serving way that is not a we're going to make as much money as we possibly can on this you know it doesn't really make any money for us but it's something that we do because we think it's important for the community and so I think when you're community-minded like that, people see that. I think there's an authenticity and an honesty there. People have reacted very well to it. Well, and like everything else the ledger does, it's also fun. And you ha you had David Hasselhoff quite famously record a, a greeting through the the Cameo app. You you know your audience. You've had Carolina basketball players record words of congratulation to the forty over forty winners, and you did have an '80s theme party that I was tragically out of town for. And it just killed me not to be able to be there. How was that? I'm going to say it's awesome. It was awesome, yeah. and I would, I would, I would, I will jump in here because they were they were the hosts of the party, and I just have to say it was one of the most fun things I've ever been to. And Christina, you were dressed as Madonna, right? Well, I'm not really sure who I was. It was exactly, Madonna. You were Madonna. I, I, I would say I was channeling her. Yeah. Okay. I, I will. And Tony, what you were. I don't want to say I was Don, Don Johnson, Johnson from Miami yeah, Vice, but, were, but I was wearing a white suit with a pink T-shirt. You kind of had the look. And then we had, like, some of our former Observer friends were dressed up as Robert Palmer and, and all the women in the Simply Irresistible video. And, I mean, there was a whole costume contest. I mean, we had contest. 80s rappers. Yeah. We had, you know, Top Gun people. We had all kinds of different different folks. And it was a great party. We had about, I think, 225 people, 80s theme. DJ, costume contest, food, drink. It was a it was a good time. You know, it's funny. Tony and I planned our outfits and I actually got mine off some vintage, you know, website. We went all out. And we said to ourselves, what if we're the only ones who dress up? We were a little worried. <laughs> we were a little worried about that. It was we not did a not need to worry because people just so got into the theme. It was so much fun. Yeah. So I'm happy to say we're gonna do another eighties party this year. We're we're working on the date and the location as we speak and so steve i we should probably clear the date with you make sure it works for your calendar i'd appreciate it if you would and i i look forward to the day that as time goes by and my own eligibility stretches into the future you're going to get to a point where it would be appropriate to do a 90s theme because the 40 over 40 20 20 2030 or 2031 i think that'll be we'll have to have to segue into i've already noticed that the the esteemed panel of millennial judges has been expanded to include gen z True. that that trend is only going to continue as well the millennials will 
themselves. When, Millennials are aging into are they eligibility. They're in the, oh, yeah. they're like the oldest yeah. ones are 42, I think, now. Yeah. Right. They're getting so we used to say, "Oh, wise millennial judges." Once, well, like, well, there's some millennials that are actually over forty now. No, now we got some wise Gen Z judges edging in. So. True. Yeah, yeah. So, any other any other thoughts about this in the future of of forty over forty or where it's headed? We've got another party coming up this spring. We hope. Yes, April is what we're looking at. April 2023. You know, I think we've got a good thing going. We don't want to completely reinvent it every year, yeah. but we do want to kind of keep it fresh. So we'll we'll be making a few changes at the edges. But, you know, we there's still plenty of people to recognize, a lot of people doing great things in our community, and we just want to shine a light on them. Well, on, on behalf of two indefinitely ineligible award winners, uh, I want to thank you for on, on Steve's and my behalf, but also on behalf of, of everybody in Charlotte, because we, we think this is a really fun program. And, and you know, in a, in a serious manner, really appreciate the light that it shines on on the work that folks are doing in the community. Like you, Tim, I'm looking forward to getting to meet some of these folks in person and yeah. to talk to them on the podcast about how they came to do the things that they did, that they've been recognized for, and what they see the future of Charlotte being, and, and bringing some more of these people's important stories to the Charlotte Ledger community. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. That's it for today. The Charlotte Ledger podcast is produced by Lindsay Banks. The Charlotte Ledger 40 Over 40 Awards are the work of a lot of people. Deborah Goldberg coordinates the contest and the judging. Casey Wilson of Carbon Events and Marketing is in charge of the celebration event. Bree Chrisman and Allison Dixon of BC Creative provide technological and customer service support. And as of the date that this was recorded, event sponsors are U.S. Bank and Ducey Stark of Dickens Michener Residential Real Estate. Big thanks to all of them, to the judges, and to the people who take the time to nominate folks in our community. And you can find out more about our 40 Over 40 Awards at ledger40over40.com. You can find out more about the Charlotte Ledger at thecharlotteledger.com.